Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's going on, my champs? Welcome in to another episode here on the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. We are your hosts, Justin and Derek. You can find us both on Twitter at pigskin underscore Jake Gonzo and pigskin underscore D-Rock. Man, it, it was a crazy week on week five, man. How you feeling after week five, Derek? Feeling a lot better than uh, John Gruden, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a great week. A great week. Had some some success and some pickums. I am dominating in our my most important fantasy league to me, and you know it was a good day. I rode the Josh Allen uh, Express to a large thirty six point lead going into tonight. So feeling pretty good, man. I could lose the other four leagues. This one though means the world to me. So. <laughs> um, like I said earlier last week, man, I, I win in this league in odd numbered weeks, and it's week five, and I got my third win. So, gotta love it. Gotta love a little. Dope, yeah, man. Uh, very excited yeah, to be here tonight, uh, man. Let's. Uh, yeah, dude, my team decided to fall a little flat this week, man. When I get the news on Saturday that George Kittle is going to be placed in IR, and then I get the news Sunday morning that Dalvin Cook's not playing, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great week. Yeah, that's tough, this, man. This is gonna be this is gonna be hard. But I mean, we're gonna talk about it here, in a minute. But talk about some waiver wires, some guys that you know y'all can pick up out there, and some guys maybe I can pick up out there if I need a little help. <laughs> Justin needs some more <laughs> fantasy advice. Yeah, um, the advice. NFL man, it's yeah, all about being healthy, man, and it's all about being healthy. And we got a pretty long list of injuries. So before we get into all that stuff, go ahead and give the show a follow: Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple. All that stuff. Links are in the description. Justin, you ready to talk some some injuries? Uh, let's do it, man. I feel the pain, Peter. Yep. I feel Peter the pain, knows. buddy. Yeah. What a tough, what a tough week. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Let's first talk about who missed this week. So we got Julio Jones, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, all missed with a hamstring injury. I think that Julio Jones might have the best chance to play this week, but, you know, we'll kind of see. Monitor those reports. He's a little older, so the recovery is a little longer. Uh, Dalvin Cook missed with an ankle, as Justin alluded to, his, oh, his first-round pick. CMC missed with an ankle. Uh, I think that was more of a precautionary move than anything else. I think he should be back uh, this week. George Kittle, yeah, another one of Justin's guys. Calf strain, which is different than Jimmy G's calf contusion. I learned about this today. Calf contusion is more yeah. like pain and just being sore, but a calf strain is like an actual, like legitimate injury. So, uh, yeah, he enough could for miss. Uh, Kittle to be put on IR for sure. So they're, sure. they're going to be without him for for three weeks minimum. Yep. So that one, that one's going to be interesting. That one hurts. Russell Gage missed with an ankle injury. Calvin Ridley missed with a personal, for personal reasons, had something going on. Uh, Rob Gronkowski missed with rib fractures. Uh, apparently, there's a chance he can play um, Thursday night against the Eagles, um, but it's, it says he's close to playing. So I don't know. They might hold him out because they will get ten days between Thursday night's game and the next game. So I think they should hold him yeah, out. They didn't- they didn't need him against the Dolphins anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can talk about <laughs> that if you want to. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Carson, uh, neck injury. I'm putting this on here because from what I've seen, the that he has and the stuff that came out from Pete Carroll says that the, you know, they got the imaging and stuff. They got the reports and they, it, they saw the same thing they saw last time just flared up. And apparently it's something with it, like maybe like a herniated disc or something. Um, but the injury is recurring and unpredictable, and it can flare up at any time. And obviously, if you have an issue with your neck, you can't, you know, play football because you can't lower your head to 
run into people. Like you, you can really do some serious damage to yourself. So if you can, I'd be trying to move on, man. I'd be trying to move on from Chris Carson. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to with the injury status. So let's see if he comes back and plays. And if he has a good week, I'd be looking to move on because you never know when he's going to go down. And I think having, I'll talk about this guy in a little bit, but if having Alex Collins on your roster is an absolute must right now. Yeah, man, that's the, that's a tough one. Uh, Chris Carson, you know, he, he was a solid RB two going into this year, man. He had, he had some high hopes. I, you know, I was a little bit higher on him this year as well, but, um, that it looks like it's you know you're kind of playing with fire, especially with a neck injury. You know that's serious. So um, yeah. I hope he can recover and and play a little bit. But you know you're gonna have to as fantasy managers, you know, have a backup plan for your guy that goes down. So hopefully you can you know maybe you scooped up one of these guys that can help you out these couple of weeks, or maybe a guy that we're gonna talk about today that you know can help you out and for the rest of the season. So that way you have a little bit of security blanket. Yeah, I mean, he played. Chris, uh, Alex Collins played well for the most part in this game. Again, we'll we'll dive more into him in a second, but uh, it just sucks to see Chris Carson go down. He was one of my favorite running backs, and I've I've drafted him in a few times the last couple of years. So, yeah, it kind of sucks. All right, new injuries. We have a longer list of this one than the uh, guys who missed last week. Daniel Jones with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. We'll need to go through those steps to play this week. Saquon Barkley. It's called a significant. And that was in- my starting quarterback too. Yeah, yeah, man, you took a lot of hits this week, man. That's yeah, that's that tough. took so many hits this week. It was crazy. Uh, your fantasy team was exactly like the Giants um, with their yes. injuries because yep. uh, Saquon Barkley significant inversion ankle sprain, likely to hit uh, IR, and some people were saying he could be back as early as November, which is a significant blow uh, to to fantasy managers who have him. And we'll talk about his replacement in a few minutes, man. Uh, Kenny G uh, with a knee injury. Uh, They're not too specific on his knee injury and the severity of it, but he's expected to miss this week. I would not be, uh, if I I manage Kenny G, I would not be uh, expecting to have him in my starting lineup this week. Uh, Russell Wilson with a finger injury should be out six to eight weeks. Everything that I know that I read about it today says that the only way for him to recover from this injury is to keep his fingers straight for six to eight weeks, which means he can't throw a football. Oh, Jesus. So I let me I'm gonna try to explain it to you. Cause I, I, I did a lot I did some some deep dive medical research today about it because I was very interested. So if you look at your finger, right, and you count the amount of knuckles on your finger, right? So you got your one, the biggest one, and then the one towards the top, right? The knuck the part of the finger above the second knuckle was was bent down. And when it was bent Ooh. down, the not the bone, the ligament was torn. So he can't straighten his finger because there's nothing in his in that finger to straighten it. It's torn. So he has oh, to keep damn. it straight. He has to keep they have to put like a pin or something in there to keep it. And then like, uh, I guess, tape it to the other finger to keep it straight for six to eight weeks. That means he cannot group a football. So Damn, that's gonna, crazy. Yeah, it's going to be Geno Smith for six to eight weeks, yep. and that's a big downgrade to that offense. Also missing Chris Carson. So, I mean, that really sucks for your Tyler Lockett and your DK Metcalf shares, but uh, just a little quick uh, medical <laughs> lesson from me, who I am not a doctor at all. So don't come at me on any social media talking about what I, how I don't know what I'm talking about, okay? Because I openly admit I'm not a doctor, okay? I probably got some of that wrong, but... Anyway, uh, Jacoby Brissett, hamstring. Uh, he did play through the injury, uh, but he didn't look good doing it. So, uh, nope. But I did see Tua through today, and I guess I said he had a chance. He has a chance to play this week. I'm not optimistic that he's going to play, uh, but could see jo- Jacoby Brissett out there. If they do have to turn to their third-string quarterback, at least it's against Jacksonville. So it's not like they're not playing, you know, yeah. Tampa this week, you know. So I, f- I feel bad for London because it's not going to be a very good game. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how London <laughs> responds to this. I wonder if like the paper bag over the head will come out. But oh, yeah. geez. All right, uh, Justin Fields. I don't know if you saw the video of this one, Justin, but he hyperextended his left knee. 
Um, he likely avoided a tendon tear because he did come back into the game. So he obviously didn't tear his ACL or anything like that, but he definitely hyperextended it. You could see it. It was one of those where he plants his leg and his knee goes the wrong way. And it kind of like bowed. It, it's it's almost the exact same injury as Max Williams, which we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, hyperextended his left knee. He came out for a couple of plays, but then came back in. Um, yeah, keep an eye on that one, man. Uh, I think uh, didn't Andy Dalton came in for those two plays, so yeah, they yep. can go back to him if uh, if they need to. All right, Joe Burrow throat contusion. I think he was just checked in for precautionary reasons. So he went to the hospital right after the game. Apparently, he was poked in the throat or something during the game and was having difficulty talking to people. And they sent him to the hospital to get checked out, and he was released from the hospital. So I think he'll be fine, but I just wanted to mention it. I've never seen a player have an injury called a throat contusion. So Yeah, that was interesting. He took a, he took a shot on one of those plays, man, and... I thought that that's where that throat contusion was from. It was taking a, a helmet. I didn't know it was a poke or anything, but yeah, it, it he looked like he was out on that hit. Um, yeah. So that was that was kind of scary. It could have been a lot worse. So hopefully he'll be all right. Hopefully be better because you know for fantasy options, Joe Burrow being behind center for the Bengals uh, is is a lot better than having yeah, yeah. his backup exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, it's likely an MCL sprain. Um, should be out about three weeks. Uh, maybe he hits short-term IR. That'll be really telling. If they put him on short-term IR, he'll be out three weeks minimum. If they don't put him on short-term IR, then there's a chance he comes back after two weeks. But I think they should just put him on short-term IR and let him heal because they don't really need him. I mean, they've got Daryl Williams and... They're not really running the offense through Clyde anyway, so let him sit uh, while get some of these other guys behind him uh, some playing time. So keep an eye on that one. MCL sprain, a little knee injury for Clyde. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a minor, and I use quotes for a minor knee injury. Uh, not expected to miss any time, but definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, hopefully that it is just minor and that it's nothing serious. Antonio Gibson has a stress fracture in his shin, which sounds horrible to have a stress yeah, fracture in your shin. Um, but he played through it. Apparently this injury was, they knew about this injury before the week and decided he was healthy enough to play. And he had 20 fantasy points, scored a touchdown. Like he looked good this week. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had two TDs this game. Oh, and, he did? Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had two TDs. And uh, I mean, if you got two TDs on a stretch fracture, I think you're doing okay. Yeah. I'll just keep an eye on it though, because <laughs> it could flare yeah. up. Hopefully it doesn't. But, um, uh, I mean, if you're, I mean, we'll talk about him here in a little bit, but I'll bring that guy up when we go to waiver wires. All right. Uh, Damian Harris had a chest and a rib injury. Uh, he avoids a serious injury. So he, he's probably just a little banged up. You know what I mean? He's probably just a little, probably a little sore. hard to breathe right now. Right. 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 So hopefully he's all right. But from everything I've seen, he has avoided major injury on that one. Uh, got some guys that did not avoid major injury, unfortunately. Juju Smith-Schuster, shoulder injury, out for the season. He was. They tried to pop his shoulder back in on the field, and they couldn't get it, so they had to rush him to the hospital to get uh, a minor surgical procedure to help pop that shoulder in. And I guess he still has to schedule like another surgery to fix the ligaments that he tore or something. I guess he tore his labrum, I believe. So he's going to be yeah. out for the season. That's a big miss, a big blow to that offense. Um, Max Williams, LCL tear could be multiple ligaments. Um, that one is kind of what Justin Fields had, but a little bit worse. His knee just, some of these pictures are nasty, man. Like I have a hard yeah. time looking at that stuff and it was a bad, a bad injury and he was playing pretty well. So it sucks to see it. But, uh, yeah, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals is going to be out for the season. Um, and then the last two things, Matt Stafford and Tom Brady, these are really minor. These probably won't will not affect uh, status for the week, but they both had finger injuries, and they should be good to go for week six. That wraps up the injuries, man. I feel like that took – no, I apologize. I have two more. My bad. I Wow. Good job, Derek. Uh, Trey Lance, sprained left knee, could miss a few weeks, and Quintus Cephas, broken collarbone, is done for the season. Now we are done. Oof. 
That uh, that that Trey Lance one is rough, man. Because you yeah. would think that he was going to try to take over this job. Um, now it looks like this is probably going to be Jimmy G's season. Well, I thought um, I think Jimmy G unless, probably would have, even if they were both healthy. I think Jimmy G probably would have stepped back in as a starter. I mean, I I don't, yeah, I don't think Shanahan I mean, is a liar. I think there was a chance. Yeah, but there was a chance for Trey Lance to probably take over this job a little bit. I think uh, before if he played this, well enough. I think yeah, I, I agree. I think before this game. Yes, you are 100% right. After this game, yeah. I think it was pretty easy for them to see that they could go back to Jimmy yeah, yeah. G oh, without for sure. for causing sure. too much of an uproar. I mean, he had a productive day on the ground, but not through the air, and you can tell he looked like a rookie quarterback out there. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. All right, it's panic time. Justin, are you ready to overreact are you ready to panic about some players bro let's set off the alarm with some of these guys dude right, here we go so i've got tyson williams for the baltimore ravens first up inactive last week he is active tonight as we speak as this podcast is recording he is active he's gotten a couple carries i haven't really seen him do anything spectacular uh are we panicking are we dropping what are you doing with tyson williams is it time to just jump ship um yeah dude i i really think it is the the baltimore ravens they're they're hot and they're cold um like you know you are we're currently recording this in the middle of the monday night football game and you know they looked good against kansas city but they you know they were they struggled against detroit you know they're struggling to move the ball against um the colts and you know, Tyson Williams doesn't look like he has that role that we thought he was going to have. You know, we thought he was going to be that guy leading it and the 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 Gus Edwards role. He's going to, you know, they're going to balance each other out type deal. And, and it looks like Latavius kind of came in and took that role over. And the fact that he was a healthy scratch last week really set off my uh, the alarm bells for me, man. And uh, I, I actually, I went ahead and did it. I dropped him last week for, for a player that, you know, that I thought could help my team, you know, and it just, for me, I, I would rather, I would let, rather let Tyson Williams go for some of these guys that we're talking, we're going to talk about this week. I'm going to keep him. I know, I know, but I'm panicking. I'm letting you know, I'm panicking, but I'm keeping him because of the state of the running back position and, there's also the peripherals. He's he's looked explosive when he's had opportunity. I don't know what it is and why he was inactive last week. I think it it could be, you know, an issue in maybe other facets of the game that's not running the football strictly. You know, they may be asking him to pass protect and he's not doing well in that part of the game. Maybe he's not doing maybe he doesn't know the playbook all the way. I mean, I don't really know what the issue is, but at this point, I think if you have the ability to have him on your roster, I think you should on your bench. You can't start him like at all. And I know this sounds just like a, yeah, a roster I mean, clogger, but but we're seeing every single week when a running back gets injured, the next waiver wire pickup is that next running back. So I'm yeah, I, I can't I mean, drop for him. me, dude. If I'm if I have Tyson Williams though, and you know I, I'm struggling at running back. I'd rather go get some of these guys we're going to talk about here, here in a little bit and drop him for them because they can help my team right now because a lot of people are in that position where, yeah, it's cool to have, you know, you it's you have a little bit of death, but you can't use him. He's, he is being in the, he's being put in the mix with Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman. He was a healthy scratch to Le'Veon Bell experiment that they had last week. And I don't know. I just it. You can't trust them every single week. You can't trust them at all. And it, it is bearing injury. So for me, he is one of those guys that you you pick up on. He's he's getting to the point where it's one of those guys where you pick up on Sunday morning type deal. Put him on your roster if there is an injury. He's going to get some opportunity. But right now he's split in the backfield with two, with two other guys. And I would I would drop him to go have one of these other guys. We'll talk about here in a little bit. All right. Uh, Ronald Jones, next guy. Uh, kind of the same thought process here. I mean, you can't really start him at all, but if he, he needs an injury to be relevant and he's not producing at the moment. So I feel like these two are the same player right now. Um, I assume you would drop Ronald Jones as well. 
Yeah, dude. They're these guys are pretty much the exact same player, barring Ron Jones not being a healthy scratch. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it this looks like this is Leonard Fournette's team. Like Ronald Jones is getting the mix, but you see Giovanni Bernard being utilized. Gio was just out with an injury for a couple of weeks and comes back in and and didn't he score a TD in this game? Yes, he did. Like you know, Gio's already you know scoring a TD, getting these passes like. The passing works going to Geo, and the first and second down works going to Leonard Fournette. Like, what? What? That doesn't leave anything for Ronald Jones, and, and it's getting to the point where, yeah, dude, you you really can't utilize him at all. Like, I think that Leonard Fournette finally kind of took this backfield over as the as the one, you know, because we were thinking, okay, he's the one A one B type deal. You don't know who to play every week, but. It's kind of being like now that Leonard Fournette's the one and Ronald Jones the two, you know? Yeah, I mean, my whole thing with this is, is that I'm not necessarily worried about who's the one, who's the two, because I understand what his role is in the offense, and that is to sit behind Leonard Fournette and wait for an injury. And to yeah. me, to me, I'm not willing to, especially since I've already spent a large part of my budget this season on, you know, Damian uh, Williams. Damian Williams? Yeah, Damian Williams. And, you know, some people spend a lot of their money on Chuba Hubbard. Some people spend a lot of their money on Elijah Mitchell. I just, at this point right now, and this is all with the caveat that you have the, the, the ability on your bench to stash. I don't think dropping these guys is a good idea. I mean, I know you can't play them. I know that. I know that I can't play them right now. But the second there's an injury, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt this week, Who's the number one waiver priority next week? It's Ronald Jones, right? Like it's a smash. He's I, he's the number one I priority. Still, I still don't know if that's the case, man. Like I, it just it's it's weird. He it just doesn't look like Tampa trust Ronald Jones, man. I know, it but just, that's not the point. The point that is they're gonna have to trust him at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like the opportunity will be there. More. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's fine. But the number one priority will be Ronald Jones if something happens to Leonard Fournette. And the the lead back in that offense is not going to be Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard has his role, and it's going to stay like that. Ronald Jones will be the one-two down back. I don't. He will yeah. not be the third down back. He'll come off the field in those situations, and that's fine. He won't get red zone, or uh, he, he honestly he probably won't get red zone work. He probably won't get two minute work. That'll probably be Geo, because uh, that's Geo's job. That's just, that's his role. That's what he did in Cincinnati. So I just I I can't I can't not have these guys on my team. The panic has already set in. Like, you can't play them. I get that. I get that you can't play them. And they're just clogging spots on your roster. But especially with the budgets, your your um, your free agent budget, is, it's starting to go down and down and down as the season goes on. You'll be able to spend less on these players anyway. So I'm, I'm just going to keep holding on to them and, hope, and not hope for an injury, but wait to be able to use them. Now, if there comes a time where I have to cut somebody for another player, Sure, I'll do it. But at the current moment, I think you can keep some of these guys if you can afford it. If you can afford to. All right, uh, the next guy, Tyler Higby. I know he scored a touchdown this week. I just want to bring him up because without the touchdown, he has less than eight fantasy points in PPR formats. Not a huge target in this offense. Are we panicking about Tyler Higby? He was a guy I was really high on uh, preseason. So I just want to hear your thoughts on Tyler Higby. Um. I mean, I, I, I'm not really panicking. Um, you know, the tight end position is just, it, it's, it's really rough, dude, outside of, you know, the top guys. And, and you can, you can only say really the top guy, like Kelsey is the one that's kind of consistently performing right now. Even Waller's struggling at this point. So the entire, tell me about it. You know, the entire, landscape of the tight end position is so rough that you just have to call your shot man you got to call your shot on, on a guy here and i would rather take the chance on a guy who is tied to a great offense that is moving the ball well and it has touchdown upside you know he he is being looked at in the touch in the end zone and I just think that for Tyler Higby, if you got him, you're rostering him, unless you picked up a waiver wire in like Dalton Schultz or Dawson, uh, Dawson, Dawson Knox. Knox yeah. You know, if you picked up some of those guys, I'd play him over him. But, you know, a lot of these guys that you have at tight end, like 
you're just going to have to call your shot. And Tyler Higby is going to be in in your roster more times than not because just I who are you going to who's who are you going to start him over? You know what I'm saying? Or who are you going to start over him? You know what I'm saying? Like there's just very little guys that I would pick up off the that are there on the waiver wire, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to start this guy over Tyler Higby. I think he still presents a little bit of an upside for you. Um, he he's still on the field. He's still there. You know, it just it it looks like last week Robert Woods got highly highly involved, and for me, I, I'm willing to keep Tyler Higby in my roster. Yes, you're panicking a little bit, but the entire landscape of the tight end position is what we just need to evaluate in in an entirety. You know what I'm saying? Like. You're just going to have to clear your shot on some of these guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Um, oh, I mean, I guess for the record, uh, I'm I'm keeping Tyler Higby as well. I agree. The position is is pretty uh, pretty thin, and he's in a great offense. Now, if I do have one of those options, I will pivot to those instead of him. I don't usually like to carry two tight ends on my team. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. All right. Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and... I'm, I, I, you got to keep Brandon Ayuk. I think you have to keep him. I, I think uh, panicking right now is probably not a good idea because Kittle's going to be on IR for the next couple weeks. And I think that uh, they're going to need Ayuk. And I know that this game was, this game was not very, uh, you know, kind to Ayuk's statistics, uh, statistics. But uh, I think you know, when you, when you, in the past, we've seen Shanahan, develop game plans and then when somebody gets goes out uh i believe i I don't think it was last year i think it was a year before uh they had both receivers go down it was it was uh Ayuk and debo they were both out for the game and there was one receiver left and that receiver got all the targets because they were they were they they had built the game plan around Ayuk being in there i think debo was already out and Ayuk was the only receiver they built the game plan around him and then when he went down, yeah. the replacement got all the targets. So like, I still think yeah, that this week was is kind a, of a wash. It was so, a Thursday night game. I remember that one. Yeah. So we need to see uh, this next week before I really start to panic. So I'm holding on to Brandon Ayuk. I need to see one more week if if I'm right. And the fact that Kittle is down, I think the offense will shift more towards Ayuk and it'll give Ayuk more opportunities. And if he gets that, then I'm willing to keep him. And I'm willing to think about starting him again but obviously you can't play him right now but uh i'd be looking to start him if i could so yeah um at this point i don't think brandon Ayuk is worth dropping yes i'm panicking i've been panicking since the start of the season all five weeks if you roster him but i don't think you need to drop him i do want to see like you said i want to see his uh usage that he's going to have this upcoming week, especially with Jimmy G uh, coming back. I think that if he is utilized this couple weeks coming in and him and Debo kind of produce a little bit, I think that's your opportunity to trade him because Kiddo will be coming back at some point in this season. Um, and I think he's still going to demand the same targets that he had coming into the season. So if Brandon and IU decides that he, you know, he is going to perform and, and there, or if Kyle Shanahan decides that they're going to, you know, utilize Brandon IU in this offense and he starts to perform, then I would probably take that, that time and take advantage of that and maybe go ahead and get you something a little bit more consistent and a little more safe on your team. All right. Last one, I'll bring up Stefan Diggs. Uh, this is not a, are we dropping Stefan Diggs? This is honestly, I'm, I'm gonna let you take this one away, man, because I know uh, what I'm doing. So, I'm not, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so when you know, I put Stefan Diggs here on the dock when we were talking about because you know, we're Derek, we're in a couple of these you know, fantasy football groups, and you know, we try to give out a lot of advice to post our, our podcast and stuff on there to try to get you know, some, you know, our stuff out there and and our content. And I've seen a lot of like, oh, is it time to panic? Oh, I'm trading. Or what can I get for Tyree Kill? What can I get for this player? What can I get for that player? And, you know, people were were drafting Stefan Diggs as as arguably the number, arguably the top two wide receiver. He was definitely a top three. You know, some people were putting him above 
uh, Tyreek or some people are putting him above Devontae Adams with the whole Rodgers thing going on in the offseason. So, you know, he's right now currently the wide receiver 25. Um, you know, the uh, Josh Allen had a heck of a day last night and you know they put up a lot of points they've been putting up a lot of points but Stephon Diggs hasn't been producing the way that everybody had been drafting him or you know wanting him to produce and he doesn't look like Josh Allen that's like his quote-unquote number one guy you know he's just not being that top guy right now and I would still keep my team but if you had would you sell him or would you like keep him? Are you panicking with the performances that he's putting up right now? That's that's kind of the whole thing. Because personally, I'm not, but I just had been thinking of this on social media and stuff like that. So I kind of just wanted to bring a light to it, so we can bring it to our podcast. So a lot of these would be like, "Hey, okay, this makes a little bit more sense," you know? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing anything with Diggs. I'm keeping him, and I don't. I don't care about the start so far. I mean, he's an elite option. He led the receiver position in all categories last year, and he's a plays for one of the best offenses in the league. I think that's that's period end of story. I, I'm not trading him. There's no way. There's you drafted him to be your your wide receiver one. I'm not concerned about anything as far as Diggs is concerned at the moment. So uh, I'm going to keep on keeping on, man. Diggs is staying put with me if I have him. And I'm not looking to field any offers at the moment because at this point, what you would be doing is selling him low. And I don't think that that's a good idea. And there's no way to sell high right now. He's a wide receiver 25, like you said. So, no, I'm not doing anything with Diggs except starting him in my lineup every single week without doubt. Yeah, exactly, man. I think that's my... You good? If he's in a primetime game or something, uh, like a late night game, Monday night game, that's the only time I'm really moving him. Uh, I, I had the same thought process. I just wanted to see your um, what you were thinking because I, I just I didn't know if I was going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these people, are like, oh, is it time to do this and do that and and trade this? And there's people, you know, making weird trades man like some some really really bad trades and i'm like dude uh what it was a trade earlier it was uh yeah there's just people doing some weird stuff and i just wanted to see your take on it because i i just you know i would do the same thing i'm not gonna trade them i because you're not gonna i don't think you can get what you can what stefan Diggs is actually worth exactly so all right justin you ready to talk some uh week five waiver wire targets should I rebuild these rosters, man? You guys yeah, ready? Yeah, man. All right, let's get into it. All right. Let's get in here. Week six, waiver wire targets. Let's start with the quarterback position. I'm going to go first. Uh, Taylor Heineke versus Kansas City. Kansas City, 31st against opposing quarterbacks. They're giving up 26.7 fantasy points per game. Uh, they've given up the two top two finishes in the last three weeks. Um, Taylor Heineke scored 21 fantasy points each of the last three weeks, scoring eight total touchdowns in that span, averaging just over 20 yards rushing the last three weeks as well. He's getting it done through the air, on the ground, and the Kansas City Chiefs are literally one of the worst defenses against opposing quarterbacks. I don't think they're as good as they thought they were coming into the season, and I think this is definitely a matchup that uh, Heineke can exploit. So give me Taylor Heineke, and I'm probably going to stream him this week as well. So we'll talk about that one on, on uh, Thursday's show. If he's there on your waiver wire, man, I would probably go ahead and put in um, Sam Darnold. If you're in the, you know, looking for a different quarterback, if, you know, maybe if you lost Russ or something like that, Sam Darnold's been playing pretty, pretty good football this, uh, this year. And he's facing Minnesota. Uh, not the toughest defense, man. That you know, you can definitely get them beat, especially with the weapons that they have. So I would go ahead and uh, look towards Sam Darnold's way this week. All right, my next quarterback is Trevor Lawrence against Miami. Miami's twenty eighth against opposing quarterbacks, twenty two point one fantasy points per game. Uh, they just gave up the number one overall quarterback performance in Week Five. I know it was Tom Brady. I'm not comparing the two, but they just gave up the number one overall performance. 
Trevor Lawrence, 22 uh, fantasy points in plus matchups this season. A minimum six rush attempts the last three weeks and scored a rushing touchdown each of the last two weeks. So good matchup. I know it's in London. I think this is – I might be willing to – depending on who's that quarterback and how healthy the Dolphins are at receiver, this might be a game, especially if it's not the top two quarterbacks for the Dolphins, this might be a game that Jacksonville actually wins. So uh, it's a good matchup on defense. Miami's defense is not playing very well right now. And I don't know if that's just a product of the teams they've been playing. But, uh, I mean, it's an easier matchup against the Jags. But I think Trevor Lawrence can get it done and at least give you over 20 fantasy points. And that has upside to get up to 25 or 26 if he has a solid day. So give me Trevor Lawrence here. Yeah, man. I like it. Uh, ready to move on to uh, running back if you are, man. Yeah, let's talk about some running backs. We're going to just list, I think, they're just going to list the top four guys, and because I think everyone has the same four running backs. Daryl Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs, Devontae Booker for the New York Giants, Alex Collins for the Seattle Seahawks, and Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears. Justin, what order would you prioritize these running backs? Because I think these are the only four that are worthy of being picked up this week. So what order would you put them in? How much fab would you how much percent of your fab or dollar amount would you be willing to spend on the top guy? Uh number one guy for me, man, is gonna be a guy who's tied to the to the best offense or one of the best offenses in the, the league right now, and that's Daryl Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was being utilized even with Clyde in the game. So I think with you know Clyde out for a certain amount of time, that's that's undetermined right now. Uh, I think Daryl Williams is going to be will help you win a couple weeks here if if you're able to pick him up. Uh, luckily, he was my Sunday snag, my Sunday stash uh, last week, so I already had him on my team, and he is going to definitely be my number one guy right now. How much of your fab would you be willing to spend? Oh man, it depends. I. I, I mean, depending on how, how hurt you are, man, um, you know, if let's just, how about this? Let's imagine oh, that man. you just lost, uh, Saquon Barkley. Oh, that's a bad example because I'd be picking up Devonte Booker in that situation, but well, yeah, if, if I lost Clyde, um, and Clyde realistically was probably my RB two, and you know, I, I really don't have any other options, you know, whatever I, I probably Probably about forty percent is is probably where I would Oof. I would lie. Hell yeah, yeah. That's a pretty lofty number, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, dude, right now it's. I mean, you you spent, uh, you know, a third of your fab on Damian Williams, and you know, he paid off for you for a week. Right now, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, they're just trying to buy a week. Yeah, and if you're 100%. in a position where you're trying to buy a week, like that could be your ticket to buying a week. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got to spend that and, and figure out your fab situation later, do it because right now, man, the, the, the injuries are, are ridiculous. They're piling up. They're piling up quick. All right. So just put these, those four guys in order. So you got Daryl, Daryl Williams at the top. Who's the two, three and four for you for this week? Uh, I would definitely go. Uh, I would go Devonte Booker. Then I would go Alex Collins. Then I'll go Cleo Herbert. That's how I have it listed uh, right here. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I would I would keep it in this order just just because uh, Daryl Winner, Daryl Williams, and Devontae Booker, those guys are going to be taking over their backfields. Those guys are going to be the starters of their backfields. Alex Collins, yes, he could be a starter, but if Chris Carson somehow plays or plays on a limited role, he's going to still take away from Alex Collins. So you, st- it's just up in the air with Chris Carson. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if Alex Collins is going to be that guy. Um, and you know, so I would definitely kind of take the security of Daryl Williams and Devonte Booker ahead of Alex Collins. And then I would place Alex Collins ahead of Cleo Herbert because Damian Williams is still the guy. Yes. Cleo Herbert out carried him in this game, but I think this was a game that they were winning pretty handily from the start of the game. You know, uh, we don't know what's going to happen if they're in a negative game script and, you know, next week they're playing Green Bay. So if they're in a negative game script and they're passing the ball a little bit more and, and they're utilizing uh, Damian Williams a little more in, 
I just I'm not comfortable with what I saw only one week from Khalil Herbert. I would still be trying to go get him and acquire him to have him on my roster because if this is a thing where you know they're pretty much 50-50 timeshare and and he's able to be utilized then I you know you can use him until Montgomery gets back but I just out of these four guys I think he is the least amount to be utilized on his team. Yeah, the only uh change that I'm going to make here to this list is I'm actually going to take Devontae Booker over Daryl Williams, and I know that that's probably an unpopular opinion. I'll probably get Booker in more leagues than than other people will, I guess. Uh, I'm not no, I'm not willing to spend a significant amount of my fat budget on them. Uh, but the reason why I would take Booker over Williams is because you know Clyde was not the offense did not run through Clyde when he was healthy. What makes us think that the backup to Clyde is going to be all of a sudden going to be the guy that the offense runs through? Now, now listen, I get it. Clyde had, you know, a 17 carry over 100 yard game, right? I get that. And that's definitely in the realm of possibilities for Daryl Williams. But he's not going to be a part, a factor in the receiving game. Yes, he's going to be the guy that gets the goal line work, but let's also not pretend that Kansas City doesn't just want to throw the ball every single play. So I. I'm not going to buy into Daryl Williams right now. I think if you stashed him over the weekend, that's a beautiful move, and you saved yourself a lot of money on that. But I'm, yeah, just, um, I'm just not confident that he's going to out. He's going to get more opportunity than Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker came into that game and got 20 opportunities. Daryl Williams came into the game, and, and Clyde, the, here's the thing. He got 20 opportunities in this game, right, in relief of Saquon Barkley. Clyde has never hasn't hit 20 opportunities in a single game this season. So the fact that this offense is not going through that running back, even though that running back, that that team is a really high powered offense. Opportunity is everything for running backs. We saw that with James Robinson last year. I'm not calling any of these guys to become James Robinson, but we saw James Robinson be effective because of the volume that he got. And I believe that Devontae Booker will have more volume than Darrell Williams. And that's why I'm willing to spend more of my fab on him and I'm kind of fading Daryl Williams this week, you know. Um, you know, I'm making a claim. I'm putting a claim in if I need to, but I'm prioritizing Booker over Williams just because I think he's going to be more productive. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think that he his opportunity might be a little bit higher than uh, Daryl Williams. And the Giants the are injured all I over the place. Put, they're hurt everywhere. They're, they're going to be starting. That, okay, they're going to well, be starting. Reason of be, this is why I'm saying. I would do Daryl Williams over Devontae Booker is the fact that they're hurt. They're hurt everywhere. They're hurt offensive line. They're hurt skill players. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know but I they were hurt going into well this game. This... They were hurt going into this game, and he still produced better than yeah, I just, both yeah, running backs for the got, Chiefs. You got the Rams and Carolina in the next two weeks. I get that. I get that. And but again, opportunity is everything. Opportunity is everything, man. I mean, match. You know, when you when you play running backs, I mean. I'm not 100% worried about the like like we saw Gaskin just had 30 points against Tampa Bay cuz they utilized him in the right way. Now they could now Devontae Booker this I could fall flat on my face and this could be a total bust pick, but for me, I'm going to prioritize volume. I'm not going to prioritize the matchups because Saquon could be out for a while. It could be out for past those two matchups, you know what I mean? And you know Kansas City's defense, you know, they they just don't they're not going to rely on the running game. They're not going to. Like especially with Clyde out right now, I don't they have no they have no reason to run the ball. And they can't really run the ball. They looked bad. They looked horrible last night trying to run the ball even with Clyde in the game. So yeah, I'm 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 off of I'm I'd rather uh target Devontae Booker here. So, but I understand the other mm-hmm. side of it too. I understand that, you know, Daryl Williams is a better offense, but and I do have the right. list the same uh, otherwise. Alex Collins at three, Khalil Herbert at four. As far as like amount of of my percentage I would spend, probably 20%, 25% on Devontae Booker. Uh, probably about 18 to 20% for Daryl Williams. And then I'm really just sending like a 5 to $8 bid for Collins and Herbert. I mean, I'm not really trying to spend a whole lot of money on any of these guys. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, uh, Khalil Herbert and Alex Collins, I'm not really trying to get um, – crazy amount of fab on them yeah uh another guy that i mean you can kind of just take a shot it's gonna be a low bid as well 
Um, just in case, you know, there's a setback this week uh, with Damian Harris and, and you know, something happened. Uh, I, maybe Brandon Bolden or, or Ramondre Stevenson are guys that I would kind of bring up of, you know, see if there is a, you know, there is an issue with, uh, with them so uh, with Damian Harris maybe there's a setback and, and he doesn't end up playing something like that I could maybe take a shot on on one of those guys if you're in desperate need of a running back all right wide receiver position uh, number one target should be Kadarius Tony. I think that that's probably consistent with your list as well Justin uh, Kadarius yeah, Tony for me is. yeah that, he is uh, I watched him at Florida a lot and I really loved him and you know I was surprised at all the hate that he got in the draft process but the dude's just a baller. 10 receptions, 189 yards. He was ejected during the game, but I think uh, I think he'll be fine. He's not going to face suspension. So uh, the Giants are still banged up, and I think the volume's going to be there. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I'd be willing to spend probably 20% of my fab to get him. Uh, I'd probably be trying to target him in trades, but it, it, it's going to be tough, man. The guy, the manager who has Kadarius Tony is probably like, man, I got lightning on a bottle here. It's kind of like how I felt when Rondell Moore had that explosive week couple weeks ago and i got an offer for him and i was like i don't know if i can do it i think he's gonna be great so um yeah i kind of feel like it's the same thing Kadarius tony here could be a breakout he could break out in the second half of the season so uh pick him up if you can yeah man um all right a guy that you know his he's been good uh the past two weeks you know he he's been weirdly good i guess you could say man I, he fell into a, a hail mary uh a hail mary touchdown this week but uh marquez callaway uh is a guy that is starting to heat up a little bit um it's just gonna it's a be small interesting summer. to see huh the heat's on low small simmer yeah, and the yeah, flames yeah there. it's a small simmer um yeah. i i wouldn't be going too crazy after this guy just because you know, they got a bye week this week, and I'm pretty sure Michael Thomas is planned to come back here tonight after that or the week after they come back from uh, back from bye. So I think either week six or week seven, he's able to return. So, I mean, Marquez Callaway might be a guy that can uh, give you some flex appeal, but, I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's interesting, man, because he's – the team hasn't looked great <laughs> at all, but uh, Marquez Callaway he keeps coming up with a with a couple points, like some just a couple big plays and stuff here and there. Just a few big plays. All right, yeah, uh, yeah I'm not confident. My the note that I have for Marquez Callaway right here is I'm not confident in him, but yeah. he's on the list because he's 39 percent rostered, and he continues to score random touchdowns. And with bye weeks coming up, he's a guy that you could absolutely. Throw in your flex if you're desperate. So I agree with that call, man. Uh, any other wide receivers you want to talk about, or can we move on to tight ends? Um, yeah, I got I got a guy here. Um, just because there's another injury to this offense, uh, he's out for the season. Or Quintez Sivas is out for the season. Uh, Amarase Brown is starting to get utilized just a little bit. Uh, if you just you know maybe put a claim in, very very small bid, and and, and want to stash him at the end of his roster, and if he you know, consistently gets these targets that, you know, you know, he gets five catches uh, for 60 yards or something like that. And, and gives you an, a decent flex option week in and week out. Um, he, I think he's starting t- to get a little bit of chemistry with Jared Goff. Uh, I'm not going out actively trying to chase after this guy and, and try to get him, but he, he's starting to become somewhat of a focal point and, there, there's just nobody else, man. They keep getting hurt on at the wide receiver position. It's already such a slim position. So he is out there on the field all the time, and and that's a guy that, you know, if you just go out there and kind of maybe stash him and, and if he could be a, a flex option here down the stretch or get you through some of these bye weeks that are coming up or something like that, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, I agree. Let's move to some tight ends. Uh, the tight end I got is Hunter Henry. Uh, he is 51% rostered in uh, most leagues, so um, just go ahead and check and see if he's there. But eight targets, six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. He did score in two straight weeks. Um, he's had a minimum of five targets the last three weeks, and he's top five among tar- tight ends in routes run. 
I don't know why they paid Johnny Smith fifty million dollars to have you know three opportunities in this game. You know, I just don't understand it. So uh, Hunter Henry's a guy that you could pick up and throw him in there, I guess, man. I mean, I was really high on Johnny Smith too, and he's just not a part of this offense that is usable for fantasy. And Hunter Henry is playing more of the traditional tight end role. And John who's getting like jet sweep runs. He's getting these, I don't know. It's just really weird how they're using him. They're paying him a lot of money to uh, basically do nothing. So he's probably got one of the best jobs in the NFL at the moment. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it's, it's weird how, how John Smith is, is being utilized. I, I really thought this guy was going to be the go-to guy and, you know, yet again on another team, you know, he's, he's not an option and, you know, it's kind of, kind of stinks, man. Cause you and I both were a little high on John Smith this year and looks like Hunter Henry's kind of taking over on that tight end position, man. It's kind of crazy. You got any tight ends you want to talk about? Yeah. I'm going to talk about a guy here. Um, he's just being utilized. He just, you know, he's going to be targeted if you lost, like I, I lost Kittle if you lost a guy or you're streaming tight end and, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, um, it's not a sexy pick at all, man. It's going to make you cringe. But Dan Arnold, he's getting targets, man. He, you know, he the first week he didn't play a whole lot because he just had gone on the team, um, you know, right away. But, you know, this week he led the team in targets and in reception yards. Um, you know, he so, I mean, he had. Six catches for, you know, 64 yards. Uh, and, you know, he he's being utilized and, and for tight ends. I know we were just talking about it for uh, for uh, running backs. But, you know, you want the same thing. You want a guy that's going to get volume. You know, that's the same thing with Tyler Higby. I mean, he's just that volume is going to be there. He's going to get the targets. At least he's going to be in the red zone. Dan Arnold, he's getting eight targets the pretty much the very first week that he was relevant. And uh, was it James O'Shaughnessy was the tight end before he went down to IR for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he was being utilized. He was getting his targets, and I think that Trevor Lawrence is is looking at the tight end position. So if you're in a pinch and you're hurting, I think that Dan Arnold can give you – enough where it's not hurting your week you know there's guys out there that are completely killing your week hurting your week like uh it's you know so i i think that he could be a decent pickup for you if you're struggling uh yeah it it just feels gross it hurts to say dude it's so gross but yeah i mean at this point man like like i said the whole tight end landscape is rough it just it's really rough this uh this year and and more than than any other year really because it it's just like let's see week five your tight end leaders was david njoku was tight end one who would have thought that david njoku would be the tight end one you know like and then you have kyle pitts dawson knox hunter henry travis kelsey dalton schultz donald parnum like you know what i'm saying like there's just these guys that you're not thinking about and it it's just even the tight end 13 was Tommy Trumbull, you know, like the rookie for Carolina. So it's just this tight end landscape is, is, is rough. And if you're struggling and streaming, you know, there's certain guys that are getting some volume. And if Dan Arnold's going to get eight targets in a game, because Jacksonville has to constantly pass the ball and he somehow falls into a, a touchdown in one week, then, then he's a top five tight end in a week. And, He's one of these guys that you didn't know about that he's he's there. And if you're struggling, I think the, there's worse options, which is weird to say. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about some defenses. I got two of them here. Uh, Dallas against New England. Uh, New England is 29th against opposing defenses, allowing 9.5 fantasy points per game, giving up two top three finishes to the position. Um, now, this, is, this means New England's offense against a streaming defense. The streaming defense against the, against them is scoring nine and a half fantasy points per game, which is good. Uh, you know, you want your defense to be upwards around 10 points, uh, hopefully. So give me Dallas against a rookie quarterback. 
Uh, Diggs is playing out of his mind, leads the league in interceptions. And I think that this game, like the Patriots are going to need to throw. And they were just, you know, New England's defense was just carved up by Davis Mills. So I, I'm not, at the moment, I'm not really considering this defense to be a scary matchup. So I think Dallas has their way, which is going to lead to a negative game script for New England and forcing them to throw more to win this game, especially if Damian Harris is going to be out or banged up with, you know, if he's going to be dealing with injuries. Uh, I think they're going to th- lean on the pass a little bit more. And I think it leads to, to some more turnovers from the rookie quarterback. All right, man. I like it. What's your other one? Uh, I got Indy against Houston. I know I just, it's going to sound weird because I just said that he, uh, Davis Mills carved up the Patriots defense, but I'm still going to be targeting Houston until they put together like a string of games where it forces me to not target them. But Houston's 26 against opposing defenses, giving up 8.3 fantasy points per game. And they've given up two top 12 performances the last two weeks. Or this was before uh, week five's game. So, uh, I mean, they're still not playing very well. Uh, you know, maybe this is just a one-off that he had a great game and maybe he kind of reverts back to, you know, normal Davis Mills. So I'm taking Indianapolis and they're actually playing pretty well here against the Baltimore Ravens have the Ravens at three points through, I don't know, through halfway through the third quarter and, you know, they're playing pretty well. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Indianapolis as well against Houston. Yeah, man, you pretty much nailed those. Uh, there's not much more out there that you're gonna want to really take your nothing shot that's on. nothing that's available. Like, yeah, the other teams have good matchups, but they're they're pretty much available. Like the Bucks, the Rams, uh, the Cardinals. Like those teams, those defenses are already um, you know rostered. So I wanted to give some outside of the box. I mean, it's really you can't really be outside of the box when streaming defenses. Like, just look for the teams that are playing bad offenses. Or offenses that are struggling, or offenses have rookie quarterbacks. So, and uh, the Jets are on by, so you can't really target them. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of an easy pick for those those two defenses. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, guys, go out there and check your waiver wire. Like, there every league, there's some crazy stuff that's going on. Uh, you know, it's just double check. You know, uh, you, you got. Uh, oh, I look I, at every probably, I look at every transaction in every one of my leagues. Yeah. And what I'm like, looking for just, is just who people check, are dropping. Because Yeah, just take take your chance on it. I mean, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is playing the backup for, you know, backup quarterback for Seattle. You know, there could be some turnovers in that game. Oh, Geno uh, Smith has ice there. in his veins. You're going to call again. No, Geno Smith? Yeah, dude. You know what I'm saying? It just there's defenses out there that there's crazier things that have happened. And I mean, it, I I don't even want to. There, there's nothing out here that I would want. Like what most of these defenses are going to be rostered, but like I said, just double check, especially after waivers go through. Double check what's dropped, who's dropped, what's going on, because there's a there's there's some stuff that would would shock you, like somebody rage drops somebody or whatever, you know. Especially with bye weeks coming up, man, people have to make some tough decisions, so. Yep. Rage your waiver wire every single week. Listen to our waiver wire uh, episode that posts on the weekends. Uh, it's a good episode to help you stash some players before next week. So uh, we take a look at next week's matchups to give you a head start. So take a look at those episodes. They come out usually on Saturdays, maybe sometimes on Sunday if we got stuff going on. So, all right, uh, I got one kicker for you, and I actually have some statistics behind it, which is kind of kind of weird, and I don't feel great about it. Um, my integrity as a man is, uh, definitely a question here, uh, why I'm even talking about kickers, but here we go. Jason Myers against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is 30th against opposing kickers, giving up 11 fantasy points per game. And that's not a stat against their defense. It just means that kickers that played against Pittsburgh have scored 11 fantasy points per game. It's probably because they have a good defense and they're not letting teams score touchdowns. They're forcing them to kick field goals. And that's good for kickers. Uh, three top 12 performances given up to the position by the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, I mean, that's not a stat that's bad for Pittsburgh either. You know, they're they're bend but don't break, right? So, um, but 30th against opposing kickers is, is a good matchup. So pick up Jason Myers and the fact that they're going to be starting uh, backup quarterback Geno Smith is going to help the kicker because I don't 
see Geno Smith carving up the, the Steelers for a bunch of touchdowns. So I think he'll be able to move the ball, but that's going to lead to some field goals. Yeah. Yeah, man. I agree with that. All right. You got any other any other guys you want to talk about? I have two, two on my radar, but I really don't have anything to back them up or any <laughs> statistics to back them up. They're just guys that I'm keeping an eye on. Chris Moore for the Houston Texans had that big touchdown. And Van Jefferson, um, same kind of thing. He's good for a, a long touchdown. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're just guys I'm keeping an eye on. And if they start to produce a little bit more, maybe I'll think about throwing them on my roster. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for a waiver wire pickups this week, man. Yeah, dude, that's that's pretty much it. Um, if I know he was inactive for the Monday night game, but uh, Rashad Bateman was kind of close to uh, playing this week. So the rookie for Baltimore, uh, you know, if he's out there and you kind of want to stash him, uh, that's a guy that would be on my radar. Uh, you know, it, you know, see if he's out there on your league and if you want to put him at the end of your bench and if he becomes something, you know, more power to you. You know, you called your shot on a guy, but uh, it's just a guy out there that, you know, is on my radar. He had a lot of hype. He was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So that's just a guy that, that that is on my radar. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Go ahead and follow the show on Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, Apple, Google Podcasts, everywhere. The links are in the description of the episode. Justin, take us away, man. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all riding the wave with us here. Week five is in the books. We're getting ready for week six. Join us on Thursday for our start sit show. For Derek, I'm Justin. We're the Pigskin Champs. See you.